Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, we'll pick up in verse 14. And remember, um, last week we just came from this high point. Peter, James, and John had gone up on top of the mountain with Jesus, and there they saw the veil was lifted. Jesus revealed himself for who he was to be, who he was. He revealed himself. They saw this is God himself. His face was shining like the sun. Not like Moses, whose face was merely reflecting the glory of God, but this was the, the, the glory of God shining directly like the heat of the sun. And so at that moment, the disciples, at least Peter, James, and John, should have every reason to have every confidence that Jesus can do anything. He is God. He can do anything. And there, after we come down from the mountain, we see the other nine disciples having failed because they had little faith. We'll go ahead and read our text beginning in verse 14. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him, said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a great Savior. We thank you that You are able to do anything. Even when our faith is weak, you are strong. Father, we pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear this morning and hearts to understand and obey. Give me strength and I need your grace as as I preach your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Ron read from... The story of Abraham. God had promised him, like like Ron said, when he was 75 years old, that he would have a son. 
that he would have offspring as many as the sands of the seashore, that he he would be a blessing to all the nations, that those who blessed him would be blessed and those who cursed him would be cursed. Abraham had this promise from God. And how, how old was he at chapter 15? I believe 85. About 85. So about 10 years later, he still was waiting on this son to come. And you can imagine how he may have felt his faith waning. 85 years old and still expecting to have a son. His wife was 75. And we know how the natural body process works. We know the rest of the story. Eventually, at 90 years old, Sarah had Isaac. But along the way, we have so many hills and valleys of Abraham's faith. Abraham is looked at in the New Testament as an example of faith. And oftentimes the last verse that Ron read is quoted in the New Testament. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. His righteousness was not his own. His righteousness was credited to him. It was accounted to him because he believed God. And yet, the very next chapter, Abraham ends up fathering a child by someone other than Sarah, trying to take matters into his own hands. Other Other things we see in Abraham's story is he lies and tells someone that his wife is his sister twice. Because he's afraid. Now, Abraham, he is this model of faith in the New Testament, but so often we see his faith is weak and small. We can probably relate to that. Here, the disciples. Well, in our passage today, This man comes to Jesus pleading with him. Pleading with him, heal my son. He's an epileptic. He has seizures. And sometimes those seizures cause him to fall into the fire. And sometimes he falls into the water. That's dangerous for him. Lord, heal him. I don't like to see, I I can't stand to see him suffer like this. Please, Lord, heal him. My mother in law is epileptic. She has uh, had epilepsy since a childhood accident. And uh, Amy has told me that there's been times that she remembers that she had burns from an iron because of her epilepsy. When, when she has a seizure, she doesn't know what's going on. And so you can imagine the kinds of Dangers that puts a person in. And this father loved his child. He brings him to Jesus. He wants him to be healed. And he tells Jesus, Oh, my page flipped by accident. (laughs) And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. They could not heal him. What's the problem here? 
back in chapter 9 or 10, I can't remember which, Jesus had given the disciples authority. He had given them authority to go and preach. He gave them authority to heal every kind of disease and to cast out demons. They had the authority to do so upon Jesus' very words earlier in Matthew. So what's the problem? Why can't they heal this man's son? Jesus tells us why. He says, O faithless and twisted generation. Now, first of all, he's disappointed in the faithlessness of his disciples. They were the ones who were coming, who, who tried to heal this man, this child actually, and were unable to because of their lack of faith. But he was not just rebuking the disciples. He was, he was talking about the whole generation. He came to his own, but his own received him not. He came into this world. He left heaven. And as he came to this earth, he was rejected and despised by men. People did not believe. Even his own disciples did not fully believe. Now, I think this is talking about the other nine, not Peter, James, and John, who were up on the mountain with him. They had been given something so that they had a firm grasp and could believe. But these other nine that were down at the bottom were unable to heal this man because of their lack of faith. Jesus says, How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Jesus seems to be getting frustrated here. He's not sinning. Jesus is completely sinless. He is perfect. He is righteous. He is holy. But even then, he, 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 it, it gives him an, an emotional frustration over the fact that he has to bear with this unbelief at the time. And then he says... Bring him here to me. Maybe you felt this way. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, right? And that's what Jesus was doing. Bring him here to me. And Jesus told the demon, rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the boy was healed instantly. There are other places in Matthew where we see Jesus was unable to do certain miracles because of the unbelief of the people. It's not Jesus having a lack of faith, but the people were having a lack of faith. What does this mean? We'll go on to the next part. Then Jesus came privately to the disciples and they said... or. Yeah, the disciples were asking, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. This, there's, there's something we have to kind of untangle here. 
as he was rebuking this faithless generation, he says they were faithless. They had no faith. They did not have faith. And here he says to the disciples, because of your little faith, he was unable to, they were unable to do it. I don't think there, whenever Jesus is saying their little faith, he's talking about having a small amount of faith as if they, you know, they only didn't have enough, but they had a little bit. Uh, I think that what he means there is they were faithless. They, they did not, uh, th- their little faith is not, is not an example that they have it, it's that they don't have it. Their, their faith was impoverished. Or maybe their faith was in the wrong thing. Jesus had given them authority. They had cast out demons. They had healed many diseases many, many times before. So maybe their faith was in, oh, Jesus gave us this authority. We should be able to do it. Having faith in themselves. Their faith was not centered in the right thing. For whatever reason, the disciples did not have the faith in Jesus that they needed. And here Jesus says, truly, if I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. What is Jesus saying to them? It doesn't take great faith. The mustard seed was a small seed. It was the smallest seed of all of the field that they knew of at the time. So when Jesus says, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, He's not saying you just have to work up enough faith to have as much as a mustard seed. He's saying, if you, it, you just have a little bit of faith in Me. True faith. Faith in me, not in yourself. Faith in me. Then you can say to this mountain, move. And it will move. Now here, we don't want to be too literal. We really walk up to Mount Everest and say, alright, Mount Everest, move over there. Do we? I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. There, we know that, that we use, sometimes use figures of speech. There are at least seven other places in the Bible where it uses the term to move a mountain from one place to another. This is a figure of speech. It's meaning you can overcome obstacles that seem impossible. It's, it's not, we use figures of speech in our language. Jesus was using a figure of speech here. We shouldn't take this as literal we should take this as it was a figure of speech you can say you, you can do anything you can overcome any obstacle if you have faith in me if you have faith in me um, Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China and people wondered at his great faith and people would say to him uh, they wish that they could have faith like him. But Hudson Taylor would respond, I don't have a lot of faith. I just have faith in a great Savior. 
We don't have to be supermen when it comes to faith. We don't have to, 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 to somehow work ourselves up. You see, sometimes people take this passage so wrong, especially within what I would call the name it, claim it, the, the prosperity gospel teachers. And they will say, well, if you just have enough faith, you can get what you want. And that's false teaching. No. The prosperity gospel that says you can have your best life now is so wrong. Our best life is later. When Jesus comes and we're raised from the dead and He wipes away every tear and He sets everything right, that's when our best life will be. The, be the, the prosperity gospel is so twisted because it says to a person, it makes them feel guilty if they don't have prosperity and wealth and health and all of those things. It must just be because I don't have enough faith. No. That is not the message of the Bible. Paul said, I have learned to be content in whatever situation I am, whether I have poverty or whether I have wealth. Jesus promised us that men would hate us. Jesus promised us that if they hated Him, they would hate us too. We are not promised that everything is going to go great in this life. We are promised that He will be with us. We are promised that He will be with us. He will give us strength to endure whatever suffering that we experience. So when we are confronted with this text that says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, sometimes our faith ebbs and flows like Abraham's. Sometimes we, we might be on the mountaintop like with Jesus and Peter and James and John at the Transfiguration. We might have great faith and sometimes we may be at the bottom. We may feel like all hope is lost. But if we are true believers, faith will still have an ember of a flame. And He will not extinguish that. We might have just a small, small glow of, of a flame. A small little coal with just a little bit of heat that He will not put out. And that's true faith. We are not saved because we are great people who have great faith. We are saved because we are wretched people who have thrown ourselves on a great Savior. Our faith is not judged by the miracles we're able to do. Our faith will be judged by who it's in. It's in Jesus. Not of ourselves, but in Jesus. Let's look down to the next verses. 
As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill Him, and He will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. A couple of things here. This is the second time Jesus predicts His death. The first time was right after Peter had confessed that Jesus was the Messiah. And then when Jesus told them that He would suffer and He would die, Peter says, no, don't let it happen. And Jesus calls Peter Satan. This is the second time He says, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. And they will kill Him and be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. What do you think that did to their faith? What do you think that did to their faith? Here they are with Jesus. They know He's the Messiah. And here He is telling them, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be taken by men. They're going to kill me, but I'm going to raise on the third day. Had those disciples ever seen somebody raised from the dead after three days? Well, it depends on if this is before or after Lazarus. <laughs> That's not something normal that they would see. You can imagine that they would be distressed. They would be distraught over the fact of what Jesus is telling them. But this is what the Gospel is all about. Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to die. He had to rise again. That is how we are saved. Jesus came into this world fully God and fully man. Born of the Virgin Mary. He came into this world and He lived a sinless life. He taught He did miracles and He ticked off the religious authorities and they crucified Him. But this was God's plan from the foundation of the world. God's plan that His Son would be given, that He would be given as a sacrifice that would satisfy the demands of God that that justice would be done. Our sin deserved death and hell. Our sin deserved the wrath of God poured out on us. And Jesus took the wrath of God for us. As He died there on the cross. And Jesus said He would be raised. He didn't stay in that grave. He stayed there for three days and He rose again. He lives. He's alive today. We don't worship a dead Savior. He is alive. He rose from the dead on the third day. He appeared to many over the course of 40 days and then He ascended bodily into heaven. He didn't stick around until He died again. So they'd have some funeral and some grave. No, He ascended bodily into heaven where He sits at the Father's hand 
and will one day come again. And when He comes again, He will set everything right. He will wipe away our tears. So what is our faith to be in? Not self-esteem. Not faith that we have the ability to do whatever we need to do. Our faith is that Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. He will come one day and set everything right. And whatever experiences we are going through right now that threaten to pressure us, to crush us, whatever things we're facing right now, He will see us through and raise us from the dead with Him. So, as I close, my final admonition is this. Believe on Jesus, not in yourself. Don't trust in your ability to do things to save yourself, but believe on Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.